everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cincinnati Cabin of Curiosities presents Hometown Haunts. I'm your host, Kat Cloco, and with me tonight we have Christina Wald and Jen Kohler and me smacking my microphone. This episode <laughs> is all about dreams and... Uh, yeah, it, it's it sparked from a conversation from last week's episode. Uh, Want to share our social media with you just before we start? You can follow us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and Cincinnati Cabinet of Curi- sorry Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And also, welcome back, Jen. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I had I to miss you. last week. It was had just Christina and I. Uh-huh. Had a procedure done, but it's. It's all good. <laughs> all good. It'll be all healthy. Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you back. Yes, yes, we missed you. I mean, I could have recorded. I just would have been loopy on anesthesia. That's all. No, we don't <laughs> want to do that to you. <laughs> Lord only knows what would come out of, out of my mouth then. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the audience would have loved it, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't embarrass myself though. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that permanently archived on the yeah. internet. Mm-mm. Sounds like bad news. <laughs> and also, I want to say a shout out to and a thank you to Chris Hardwick. And thank you, Jen, for suggesting this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Chris Hardwick on his show, IDT, ID10T, um, his podcast, had an open shout out thanks to Jen about mm-hmm. our show. And uh, <laughs> and also, Chris, no one can pronounce Sedamsville or Sedamsville Rectory. We three live in Cincinnati and have no idea how to pronounce yeah. this place. So don't feel bad. We're all clueless here. And we promise to keep Cincinnati weird and fun. So on to weird things we saw this week. The dream edition. <laughs> Do you want to say Are you that? okay? Are you okay, Jen? <laughs> Sorry. That microphone just wants to be part of everything. It just wants to be part of this action. It's just like, have me in the show, cat. I just I'm not just an inanimate object. <laughs> it's, 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 we've, we've become the beauty and the beast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I got two <laughs> interesting things for weird things I saw this week. And they're both actually, um, I'm gonna call them paranormal slash comics media instead of just like a news piece. So this one, cause I think we need to bring more comics back into this cause we started with comics. Totally, totally. And also isn't today Jay's birthday? It is Jay Caligayan's birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. Jay. <laughs> Of course, yes. it won't be his birthday when this airs, but no, you know, but I believe in ce- celebrating birthdays for a long time. So yes, this is his too. birthday like week. Mm-hmm. Yes, and for those of you who don't know, Jay and Dylan wrote the Mermaids of the Ohio River portion of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities issue one, which is also uh, my sorry, Christina, it was my favorite submission into this volume. <laughs> That's and I'm true. discounting my own chapter as well. It, they rocked it. So happy birthday, Jay. Speaking of comics, so my news article is there's a new Hellboy from Mike Ooh. Magnolia and Dark Horse Comics. It comes out February 17th, 2021, and it's entitled Young Hellboy, The Forbidden Land. So this just, it was announced today uh, when I was compiling my portion of the outline. And... Want me to read you a little bit of the announcement? Sure. sure. Okay. Announced today, Hellboy creator Mike Magnolia, co-writer Tom Signoski. I'm so sorry, Tom. Artist Craig Rousseau and colorist David Stewart and letterer Clem Robbins will explore an untold chapter of Hellboy's childhood next year in Young Hellboy, The Hidden Land. In this four-issue series from Dark Horse Comics, Hellboy and Professor Brutenholm are stranded on a strange island after a mishap on their way to South Af- to a South Africa dig site. They soon find themselves confronted by all manner of monsters. Even when the stranger who rescues them turns out to be one of Hellboy's heroes, they aren't safe as they think. And it's Ooh. a four-issue miniseries. And, and I, I should also note that Clem Robbins lives in Cincinnati. Ooh. Holy what? Yes, the the letterer. Clem Robbins lives in Cincinnati. 
think you just blew her mind there, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> we need him on the show. Oh, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to be on the show. <laughs> Please be on our show, Clem. <laughs> Please. I did not know that. Man, yes. so many people live here. It's just this is like this is like a vortex. I mean, it is a vortex yeah. of weirdness. It I is. Love it it is. Um sorry, I have a pop-up from um Monty Python's Holy Grail. So the <laughs> other interesting thing to note, I'm just like, let's huh? <laughs> watch Tom Cleese. Anyway, um <laughs> Yeah. So the other piece of information that I have, and it's it's not as cheerful, is we're losing people left and right in 2020. This is Ken Spears, the co-creator of Scooby-Doo, dies at 82, and it was Aww. released today uh, at around 2 p.m. And he was the oh man best known for helping create Scooby-Doo with co-creator Joe Ruby. He was 82 years old, and it just he died from Lewy body dementia, which I'm, that one's hard. I'm, I'm so sorry, Spears family, that my mom has Alzheimer's. I know the grief that you all just went through. And uh, if, I'll read the rest of this statement once it, the Holy Grail pop-up goes away. So Ken will forever be remembered for his wit, his storytelling, his loyalty to family, and his strong work ethic. Kevin Spears said about his father, Ken has not only made a lasting impression on his family, but has touched the lives of many, many as co-creator of Scooby-Doo. Ken has been a role model for us throughout his life and will continue to live in an, in, in our hearts. And I will say Scooby-Doo was one of my favorite comp cartoons as a kid. I'm sure it is for a lot of people who like strange and spooky things. So this is kind of a shot in the gut for all of us who love animation love spooky stories and love scooby-doo mm -hmm. yeah that, that's a bummer i hadn't heard that <clears throat> yeah i, I so, neither yeah so alex trebek and um spears get to uh mm -hmm. play yeah, trivia I the scooby-doo haunted house at king's island yeah i was always a favorite yeah until they so. rebranded it all with scooby-doo or, or not scooby-doo they rebranded it all snoopy. with snoopy snoopy yeah. Scooby-Doo, like too many o's <laughs> well they couldn't keep the licensing when it wasn't paramount anymore yes yes yeah. I, it was it was kind of a weird transition but yeah. that's a different thing slightly um, yeah. yeah so um jen do you have your story uh yeah for the the dream <laughs> theme i just did a, and i'll honestly a quick google search that came up with um some interesting facts about dreams um, and this is from alaskasleep.com. It's a Alaska sleep clinic. 12% uh, of people dream in black and white. Uh, blind people can still see images and dreams. Uh, you can only dream about faces you've already seen, either in person or on TV. Uh, you become physically paralyzed during rapid eye movement, REM sleep, where the most vivid dreams occur. REM sleep occurs every 90 to 120 minutes of sleep with each succeeding REM period becoming longer and longer. This explains why you may recall dreaming on weekends as you may sleep in longer and awaken from the stage of sleep. Within five minutes of waking up, 50% of your dream is forgotten. Wow, that's fast. The average person spends six years of their life dreaming. On average, you can have anywhere from four to seven dreams a night. Hmm. And that, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, some of those fit me. I'm a very active dreamer. And hmm. I may forget it, like, as soon as I wake up or, like, within a few minutes. But then all of a sudden, months later, it'll just pop back into my head yeah. when I'm awake. And I'm like, oh, or I have the dream again. I find the black and yeah. white thing odd. I mean, I how would you even tell i think i think that saying black and white is probably and i i'm not a researcher or a scientist so i don't know anything but it yeah. seems to me that is it black and white or is it that someone doesn't discern color which is two so, different things i would think mm -hmm. like sometimes when i dream i'll recognize something specifically as having color mm -hmm. but that's different from well you know i've always been 
or well, not always, but recently I've been fascinated by colorblindness mm -hmm. because I am such a, I am attracted to color, you know, the brighter, the better, the more, the better. And I'm fascinated by the artists that are colorblind and can't see color. Do they dream in black and white if they can't, or what, what colors do they dream in if they've never been able to see red or blue or green? You know, I don't, I don't know if this helps at all, but my mom who has just the full spectrum site, um, she streams in black and white. Interesting. And so she's instinctively black, was black and white. Like she yep. says, I don't see any color. That's, yeah. Because that's kind of an interesting, that's, that's kind of an interesting phenomena. You know, mm -hmm. like, why would you dream in black and white? I mean, I could think of someone not paying attention to color, but I think a lot of people don't pay attention to color. Well, when no. I described it, because I remember, I think it was when that initial sleep study was released back mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Um, revealing the percentage of people that dream in black and white versus color. Um, my mom couldn't wrap her head around the fact that I dreamed in color and not black and white. So she had a wow. hard time understanding that. She was like, how are you, how are you doing it? And I'm like, well, it just looks like a movie. And, um, and I will also note, if you speak multiple languages, it's not uncommon for your dreams to be in multiple different languages. Like one, this is just an aside. One dream I remember was a detective who done it through Tokyo, completely in Japanese, with wow, me cool. as a detective trying to figure out how my friend got kidnapped and where she went, and I was chasing taxis everywhere. So that was a very weird dream. That's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, but I will note, I haven't been able to dream in the past few years. Oh. I don't remember no dreams. None. None that I remember. I'm sure I probably am dreaming but i don't remember any of them which is sad because a lot of my comic book series were based off of dreams that i had including oh. witches and sorcerers where i have the date of what when i had the dream that's really fascinating yeah, yeah. Um, it's fascinating yeah and then uh, i'll do my weird thing it, it, again it continues with two dream topics one is uh, again my favorite site mysterious universe uh, but I had read this, read a story similar to this on, on several other sites, and it's the coronavirus pandemic is invading our dreams. Now, um, it says, have you been having unusually vivid and realistic dreams lately? And actually, when the virus first started, I was, you know, in my situation of being a freelance illustrator, I've never had to get up at certain times or anything like that. But I think everybody was like sleeping more. And perhaps that's why dreams seemed more vivid. But you have just said you haven't had dreams, so it's not right. Not report that effect. No, but, I'd be the little anomaly in their research. But I did notice, like when it first started, I was having much more vivid dreams and very weird dreams. And I've always had weird dreams. I wish I had. Um, I should keep a sketchbook by my. I have a couple friends that keep sketchbooks by their beds to draw when they get right out of bed. I I thought about doing that, but since I'm usually drawing 14 to 16 hours a day anyway, I felt like maybe having a, a drawing pad next to the bed's not so great. And plus, mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I need a lot of light to draw, which is mm -hmm. very disturbing to your partner if you're trying to draw. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that would be. So, you know, I think I, think over his head. I already do a lot of stuff that's really annoying. I think if I started sketching in bed, that might oh. be a deal breaker. I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's like, isn't there one place where you can't sketch? I mean, really, <laughs> you know, so boundaries, you know, yeah. um, but it's an interesting, it says that a lot of people have been reporting vivid dreams and been able to recall their dreams, but that could also be if you had to work from home, you know, you're not, your sleep's not being interrupted. Most people have to, to have before BV, before virus had to do long commutes and so mm -hmm. it's possible that they are getting more sleep and better sleep and so the dream thing may just be a happy or maybe not so happy side effect maybe but we'll put links in the comments so oh, people yeah. can look at and my other weird thing is uh just before the show started i got a um you know everybody gets those emails from design taxi and they were talking about there's a new app that is called nightwear 
And what it does is people with PTSD that have nightmares, I guess if you're wearing like your Apple watch at night, what it will do is recognize if you're like having interrupted sleep or act like you're, you're kind of struggling or whatever, and it will wake you up from bad dreams. Oh, wow. Which is interesting. How? Like with a zapper? Um, it, it no, has, it probably vibrates. I think it vibrates or an alarm goes off. Yeah. Um, because or you may be able to pick. It actually said on here how it worked. And I, um, huh. it's. Well, I have an Apple Watch. Ta da. And it's an older model, but whenever I have a timer go off, I have it on vibrate. So it could just vibrate you awake, especially if you have a significant other with you in bed. Well, apparently it's a kinder what it does, thing to do. Apparently yeah. what it does is it tracks your heart rate and your, and like, if you seem to be uh, experiencing stress in your sleep, it will intervene. Mm -hmm. And it looks like what it does is it, it does vibrate. So it apparently also adapts to your individual reactions at night. So it knows kind of if you're experiencing bad dreams and stuff. So apparently people that have been in traumatic situations are plagued with nightmares. So yes, um, they are. this is a really neat product. Um, if it works, yeah. uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of studying that could be done on dreams. You know, perhaps there's a lot of studying that can be done on reality too. I don't know. <laughs> But, and that stops you from, obviously it wakes you up it stops you from having yeah it, it yes. stops yeah um it, it's helpful i know a few people that have had that do have ptsd from different mm -hmm. situations and that i would think would help because then it would just reset your sleep clock again and yeah. maybe you won't have another dream that's uh will be traumatic so obviously you can't function i mean not being able to sleep well is related to a lot of dysfunctional stuff during the day, like not being able to drive well, not being able to pay attention to things, not being able to concentrate is all related. People and actually get your health, loopy. It's actually your health. You kind of heal when you're sleeping too. That's why it's such an important function. Yeah. So everyone, our topic for tonight is dreams. And Christina, you have found something that Tolkien used, like, I'm going to say obsessed over. Dream well, I think obsessed over is probably a good way to describe it. Yeah. So it, it seems that he had a recurring dream, mm -hmm. maybe maybe nightmare of Atlant the last hours of Atlantis basically crumbling around him. And it's influenced him uh, a lot. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, they said the Numenorean story that he wrote which you can read a bit of it in the appendices of Return of the King, but also he wrote about it a little bit in, it's not part of the Sil Silmarillion, but it's like, I, I, and I can't pronounce the other thing. There's two stories about Numenor. And Numenor is basically his take on the Atlantis story. And um, he had a recurring dream where he saw a giant green wave coming and taking out a city. And his son apparently also had the same dream, but I couldn't find in the time today that I was looking something to corroborate that. I think I heard that on a Tolkien podcast. But the quote here talks about how um, he says, this legend or myth or dim memory of some ancient history has always troubled me. In sleep, I had the dreadful dream of the electable wave either coming out of the quiet sea or coming in towering over the green inlands. It occurs still occasionally, though now exercised by writing about it, it always ends up in surrender. And I awake gasping out of deep water. I used to draw it or write bad poems about it. So he wrote a lot of poems about it and he drew pictures of it. But I think it's interesting that he wakes up drowning. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty strong image. And he said he also, the character of Faramir uh, ended up being an emulation of himself because Faramir also talks about dreams. Mm. And so uh, he very much believed in Atlantis and was obsessed with Atlantis and again, thought he was in Atlantis. It was a very fascinating uh, aspect to his world creation. Yeah, it, it's interesting having multiple generations having similar dreams too mm -hmm. yeah so it just makes me wonder what was happening that was so similar that father and son would have the same type of dream did they live near the ocean well they lived in england so that's near the ocean I mean, well, all of a england tiny. is next to the ocean sometimes you're in the lake area 
Well, yes, but 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 England is an island, so yeah, yeah it's kind of hard. It's it's kind of hard to not see ocean, but um, he definitely was influenced by that, and plus that reoccurring dream. Mm -hmm. um, so, not to bring necessarily bring religion into it. I'm I'm really not a religious person, but my mom was she was raised Catholic and then converted to Buddhism. Oh. when I was a child. Mm -hmm. So okay. one of the things she used to tell me a lot was that, you know, she believed in reincarnation and that we are all connected in some way in our past lives. So like mm -hmm. I could have been your sister or I could have been your dog or a cousin or, you know, your best friend. So it's, it's kind of a fascinating thing to think about. Maybe they were connected in a past life somehow, or they're, there's something about genetics, I think, that you can carry down from generation to generation that's not necessarily just the physical. Mm -hmm. So, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's a, it's a really yeah. interesting story. And then um, uh, after this, I also posted an article about uh, people solving, problem solving and dreams. And I know like when I'm having trouble with a painting, for example, um, if I just go to bed or take a nap or something, like if I'm having trouble figuring out something or resolving some art problem after a sleep, I actually am able to solve the problem. Um, I tend to be at my best when drawing and painting in the morning. And I think it's because I've been working it through at night. And there's a lot of famous inventions that are related to dreams, like the invention of the sewing machine needle. Did you huh. know the, uh, have you guys heard that story before? I have no. not, but I was going to say probably this is where the term sleep on it exactly <laughs> exactly Bring but please share the story about the sewing needle yeah elias howe the inventor of the modern sewing machine faced a great dilemma while making the machine he didn't know where to provide an eye to a sewing machine needle he couldn't provide it in the tail as it usually is hand on hand done needles one night after he'd been spent days figuring out a solution he saw a dream in which he had been assigned the task of making the sewing machine by a king the king gave him 24 hours to make it or else he would be executed. He struggled with the same problem of the eye of the needle in the dream. The time of execution arrived. He was being carried by the guards for execution. He noticed their spears were pierced at the tips. He found the answer. He should provide the eye of his sewing machine needle at the pointed tip. He begged for more time whilst begging he woke up. He rushed to the machine and found that he had solved his problem. So they were holding spears that had the... the eye of the needle at the opposite side hmm. there's been a lot of cases where people have practiced things or thought about things during their sleep and they've actually found if you're doing a task like working a maze or whatever your your brain is doing the same uh, electrical activity as if you were doing those things mm -hmm. and then i will put this link in our show notes mendeleev or mendelev i don't know how you pronounce it envisioned the periodic table in a dream so there's a lot of stories like this it's pretty cool he said that exhausted he fell asleep in his dream and saw the elements getting arranged in logical pattern according to their atomic weights thus the periodic table was born so that was really, really interesting cool. yeah. yeah and they they said also stephen king's plot for his famous model novel misery was also inspired by a dream as was stephanie meyer's twilight and Mary Shelley, the creator of the Frankenstein monster, had actually seen the character in a dream. Oh. So there's there's a lot of stories like that. And I, I know several artists that are working on dream journals and paintings about dreams. One of the artists that were going to be, uh, one of the people that gave me dreams today, she has been working on, um, I follow her Patreon and she's been doing artwork based on her dreams. Hmm. So yeah, like I, like I said, I personally identify with the like artwork basically being made because like i said witches and sorcerers was based off of a dream the entire first story arc it was a dream i had but also my first comic i ever did miss gray was also another dream i had so apparently i dream about grim reapers and sorcerers while i'm sleeping well it's probably i watch kind of too much tv i start dreaming <laughs> that i'm a character in the tv show oh like I've had dreams of X Files, like I'm running around with Mulder and Scully trying that's to find. Oh, that's cool. fun! Yeah. I did have <laughs> dreams of being one of the Sailor Scouts from Sailor Moon. Oh, that's cool! 
<laughs> and I will admit, I was an adult when I had these dreams. So nothing wrong with that. No, nope. Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. <laughs> so it so could they... fly in that dream too. It was awesome. Oh, those are the ones you never want to wake up from. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so upset. I was like, "No, Sailor Mercury!" Ah! And it's like wake, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, boo." This has instructions if you want to solve something in your dreams now. Whether you actually would do these at all or not, I, I don't know. Because it seems like if you force it too much, it probably doesn't work the way that you want. It seems like it's more, your brain is still thinking about stuff when you're obsessing about it. And that's why your dream, your mind is still trying to solve the problem. I mean, they, they really don't, I don't know if anyone looked this up, but they still aren't sure exactly why people dream. There's sort of the scientific explanation that they keep talking about. Um, but they really still don't understand it. They're trying to figure out, I mean, many books have been written about it. I, I think that there is a collective consciousness that everybody kind of taps from. And that, I don't know if that, and obviously that's something that's really hard to prove, but it seems like there's a lot of common dreams that people have. And there's a lot that we don't understand about how things are constructed. So yeah, that would be falling into the Akashic Records discussion, which is what um, a lot of people who was it Edgar Casey that was the dream inter um, dream medium mm-hmm. I think he he fell asleep I think it was on a bible and was able to magically rehearse basically half of it there's me thwacking the mic again um <laughs> it had an yeah. opinion it did it's like Edgar Casey <laughs> it was my cousin um, have you ever been able to control your dreams like lucid dreaming Mm. you ever tried that i've tried when i wanted to fall back asleep on a saturday morning and be like no i don't want to go yeah my brother says he can control his dreams and i i don't know how like i could think of something and i might dream about it when i go to bed but to like actually control them when you're asleep is something else yeah yeah yeah, I think yeah. there's so much that we don't understand how brains work. Um, yeah. A lot of times, yeah. you know, just looking at the electrical activity and stuff is doesn't give a big enough picture. For example, one thing that's mm-hmm. interesting is um, if you've ever had that experience when somebody asks you a question, you can't remember it, but you remember it like an hour later. Yeah. Um, what it is, is your brain actually is working on the problem. It just takes that long for your retrieval system to work. So it may not be instantaneous retrieval. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of uh what would you say dusty bookshelves in your brain and so sometimes yeah. things isn't things are not always easily accessible and and perhaps your dreams are a mix of that but i think that there's something more to that i think i heard a thing on npr a couple of years ago they were interviewing somebody that had written something about sleep and the i remember the host specifically asked well why are we even awake and that's a good question you know yeah. we spend half our life sleeping well why do we spend half our life awake i mean you could turn the question and it's and who knows i'd much rather be sleeping all the time well (laughs) or not at all it would have to be the extreme for me wow like because there are times where i wish i didn't have to go to bed you know because i have things to do or things Mm -hmm. i want to do yeah yeah or that you could turn it off and on at will yeah yeah um, no, I, I just wish that like I got more sleep, but I have no problem sleeping. I like the real I like getting into that habit of relaxing that last hour of the day, just getting into bed and trying to turn off all the electronic equipment, though I may play my Nintendo Switch. And uh yeah, it I'm surprised I don't have more dreams about Animal Crossing. Um <laughs> well maybe you'll dream about it tonight. Maybe, maybe finally I'll have a dream that I remember. Well, I mean, a lot of it could be, are you interrupted with your sleep a lot? Um, No, I sleep like a log. Okay. I mean, sometimes you don't remember dreams because if you're interrupt, if your sleep's interrupted a lot, I find that if I get up and come back to sleep, that I have the most vivid dreams. So like Mm. if I get up and feed the cats and then go back to sleep, it will feel like I've slept for hours, but it's like been 10 minutes and I'll have a really long, vivid dream. Huh. I, w- I know one of the dreams that I used to get reoccurring uh, was the zombie apocalypse. Uh, I hate zombies. It, it's <laughs> it's so funny because I like horror 
but I hate zombies and can't quite put my finger on why, but it may be just watching your loved ones completely just try to eat you and attack you. That's pretty, that's pretty scary. Um, but I'll, I'll, I know I used to wake up and just look out the window. I think I may have mentioned this last week to make sure that the zombies hadn't attacked our house. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes when you wake so up for a dream, it feels so real. Um, yeah. And that's, that's one of the conundrums about them. Yeah. Um, and then I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. So when did you yeah. start having your zombie dream? Have you had it since you were young? Or? I, I'm going to say probably in college. So mm-hmm. I've had it for a few mm-hmm. years. And doing a little bit more research into it, uh, they are a form of stress dreams. Kind of like when you have dreams about your teeth falling out too. Mm-hmm. They're in the mm-hmm. same category. It's just different levels of stress so <laughs> I, I think the past few years have been so bad is that a ghostly cough it is a ghostly cough um <laughs> a, ghost, a ghost named troy um yeah it, it the past i think i've gotten so stressed that i just stopped dreaming or remembering the dreams so yeah i i've had a recurring dream for many years um of buildings falling and it's Ooh. been usually and not to scare people in the audience it's usually been downtown cincinnati and i always like there's a a prominent image i see of the kroger building rocking and Mm. then breaking apart and falling Mm. Um, and and it's a pretty ugly building so maybe it is i don't like that building that much as far as looks so maybe that's what it is but a, a lot of times it has been in other cities too but mostly in cincinnati and it's usually seeing a building starting to fall and like starting to topple like starting to rock and then break apart um, and I have a ton of dreams of buildings breaking apart, and I'm not sure why that is. Hmm. But it's been a lot of it specifically seeing Cincinnati start to break apart. Like hmm. buildings. Isn't the Kroger building the old Kenner building? It is. It is. Hmm. Um, but I'm not sure. Like, and sometimes I have dreams where you're in the building and like a lot of rubble's falling and you're trying to get out. Um, and so you're in a bigger building. I don't know if this, this dream might've been incited. I remember seeing a documentary about New York City and they were talking about when they built the Citibank building because they couldn't move a church on one corner and they couldn't move something on the other corner. The bottom of the building has two wedges out of it. And the architect who designed the building and this building, keep in mind, is just you know a couple blocks away from my brother's uh, where he lives um, in Manhattan. And they said when they did it, the architect that did it was showing it to his students. And one of his students said, well, you realize you haven't enforced that building enough. It's, it could fall over. And the architect looked at it and he was like, oh my God, they're right. And so this whole documentary was how they were secretly trying to reinforce the building before it fell. And they had this huge um, plan of what would happen if the building did fill, did fall and hit another building and like, I mean, you look at Manhattan and there's all these super tall buildings and what would happen if they did fall into each other? And they were trying to secretly, without the news, finding out that they were trying to fix the Citibank building from falling into other buildings around it. So it is something structural engineers worry about. I don't know if something like that kind of stuck in my mind and then I thought about that with other buildings, but I've had that happen a lot. That makes me never want to go into a high-rise building again. And I have felt earthquakes in the Inquirer building. It's not fun because we are on the 19th and 20th floors. And I'm like, why is the building moving? Oh, yes. moving. <laughs> high, high rise buildings do rock. I mean, they have to yeah, be they designed. Do. They can't be rigid. They have, they, mm-hmm. I think some of them, it's like a couple feet. They'll like, mm-hmm. I mean, They'll they sweat. Yeah. It's not so, a fun experience. I can't imagine like anything stronger than. Oh, I've been in a stronger earthquake than that. <laughs> It's an experience. We're, no, thank you. I'm terrified of those. Yeah, it was when I lived in Nagoya. Um, there was two significantly large, like over six point earthquakes that I was in in the same year. The first one was a 6.9 and it threw me out of bed. Yeah. Yeah, because not everyone sleeps on the floor in Japan. Uh, a lot of people have Western style beds. And when there are earthquakes, you do fall out of them. And that was the first first earthquake that I ever experienced because from Indiana, we're just like, what's an earthquake? 
right yeah and then (laughs) the second one was um also in nagoya but nine ten months later and we were actually in the middle of having dinner and my host mom that we lived not too far away from a major uh i don't want to call it a highway but uh road so we'd get Mm -hmm. semi trucks that would drive by and occasionally they would rock the house because they would just be too big going too fast past the house and at first we all thought it was just a semi passing us and then it just continued and i just remember my host mom just popping up with a ladle in her hand because i think we were having some kind of soup and she's just screaming jishin jishin which is earthquake earthquake and running to the tv to turn it on to see um, what magnitude it was and where the epicenter was and what kind it was but that one just kind of rocked the um pots up in the cabinets and our plateware it, it no one fell nothing fell off or anything yeah so well, that- i'm scary scary have you watched the the latest block of episodes from unsolved mysteries Mm-mm. there's one but they do about they do the tohoku earthquake don't they mm-hmm. it is fascinating I don't think i can watch that one without bawling it it is extremely sad it you will get i could just got goosebumps thinking about it mm. and wow yeah no they've been through so much (laughs) yeah i remember hearing some of the ghost stories because um 2011 i wasn't on the paranormal view yet as a radio show host but i was a guest a few times and uh, got a lot of ghost stories reported to me from there but that has nothing to do about dreams so shall we get to it's all right yes it's it's an interesting topic for another time we could probably talk about tv shows that we're all into that are paranormal (laughs) themed Um, i can tell you about my recurring dreams yes Yes, please please. uh so do you remember i think in our first episode i said you know i was terrified of vampires and i would sleep with my lights on in the blanket Mm. so i used to have a recurring nightmare of a vampire that lived in the attic Hmm. and i would always have a dream that he was summoning me from my bed to go up there and then when I would get up to the attic, I would wake up. Hmm. And I had that, I don't know, I think until I might've been a teenager. Wow. And even the once as an adult, which was weird. It just kind of happened. And then, so, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You weren't done. So vampires, hmm. always on my head, in my brain. Um, and then as I got older, my recurring dreams often revolve around houses that I lived in or like schools. I've been to. I have a lot of dreams of my elementary school, which is weird. Um, and then I have a lot of dreams of my childhood home, which was kind of like an old Victorian house. I swear to God, it was haunted. But I go back, I have dreams in that house, and it's always angry at me for some reason. And then I got to watching Hoarders. And when I watch too much Hoarders, I start having dreams about houses I've never been in. But it's like a combination of everything that I've seen. And it's always a hoarder's house, but it's like a treasure hunt maze type thing too. Hmm. So that's really interesting. I was just going to say, if you had written down your vampire dreams Mm -hmm. and named it Twilight, you too could have been a billionaire. We can have a whole discussion about that. Because I did try to write a vampire novel after I read Twilight. And I'm like, well, I can do that. <laughs> have I finished it? No, no, I have not. When did I start writing it? When I was 31. How old am I now? 42. So oh. there you go. <laughs> 42, the answer to everything. Exactly. So now's the time to pick it up again. Yes. That's true. So I can't end it. I can't figure out how to end it. Anyway. Dreams. <laughs> See, the, 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 the rules here are i will yes. think about it tonight when i go to bed and then i will exactly and just follow these instructions here and you should be able to uh incubate your ending you know maybe you'll you see a bunch of vampires vampire. exactly i mean you know that's i mean sometimes trying to figure out how to do something really does get stuck in your brain and it, it it's just thinking about the problem yeah um, and and that's yeah. and, and stories are tough i mean they are I, I i really respect writers because it's really hard to 
to uh, coming up with the ending is the hardest thing. And some would argue, some would argue that Stephen King's never figured out how to do an ending. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, he's a really famous writer. I mean, it's really hard to wrap things up. I mean, uh, re referencing J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, the ending of Return of the King is like 600 pages. You know, uh, the wow. Dano Ma that that should win the Dano Ma of the <laughs> Literature Award because it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. you know, the ring is destroyed spoiler alert um, <laughs> like oh my but, god christina i haven't read it How what i know the 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 you know the ring's destroyed Wait, did they ride the, the eagles <laughs> they did ride the eagles <laughs> so it's it's i just remember the movie this is a, going back to tolkien very quickly I did not read the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but I saw the movies and I remember seeing, watching that final one. I'm like, oh, that was a good ending. And then another one played. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we're doing that. And then going, well, that was a good satisfactory ending. Time to leave. Then another one pops up here like, oh, okay. Well, sits through that. I'm like, okay, that's a good ending. Just repeat like what, 16 times? Yes, yeah, I mean, it, like it, it keeps going on and on and on because you have the ring and then they fly back and they get better and then they crown the king and blah, blah, blah. And then they go back to the Shire and then and then they go to... It <laughs> is six smog endings. reawakens and eats them all. Yeah, yes, uh, it, it is six endings, isn't it? Yeah, because it, it, really, it really ends with, spoiler alert again, with Sam after they take Frodo to go to the Grey Havens. And that's the final ending. After... And the Grey Havens are known as Hawkins, Indiana. <laughs> really? So, so I had no idea there's a portal to Elfin. I know, right? <laughs> the Elfin um, <laughs> Paradise or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> but yes, the end of Lord of the Rings. It, it, that's one reason I think Lord of the Rings is so hard to adapt because everybody wants everything but it almost is sort of a, a, a string of heroic tales. So it's time for our hometown haunt section. And this time it's the dream edition. So everyone has submitted their dreams or recurring dreams. So we have a variety of different listeners or viewers who have submitted their own dreams. So I will start with Kelly, who writes, I have had several recurring dreams in my life. I used to have three or four to rotate. The one that massively sticks out and that I associate with, with when I'm sick and which has been a part of my life since my early childhood begins with me on the living room couch in my old house. I'm on the couch with my neighbor boy, Chris, who is suddenly covered in open sores and falls off the couch. I leave to get in a, into a van with Chris's brother, Michael. He is driving us around in a large around a large pond towards a small house tucked in a sunny wooded area. We are in a van going towards the house to either escape something or rescue someone. As Michael drives, I look out the window and then look back at Michael, who has grown enormous tusks, and he, he is staring at me, still driving. Then I wake up. Sometimes it's the opposite, and we start in the van and drive to the house and see chris on the couch with the sores and that's the end of the dream that's an interesting dream that's that is an interesting, really interesting one yeah and and it's a that sounds like a i can visualize that as i was reading it yeah yeah i don't know what the open sores mean or the tusks yeah that, that is a really strange uh you know seeing people morph yeah, that, that's yeah. really interesting. I mean, it's it seems to deal with with change and and mm -hmm. things that's like change and I don't I don't want to say decay, but metamorphosizing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, uh, who? How do we want to? Do you want me to read the next, and then you want to read Vanessa's, uh, Jen? Sure. Okay, I'm going to read Kevin's. Kevin says I've had a recurring dream about an apartment. It's not an apartment I've ever lived in or seen in my real life. But I've had this dream so many times that I could draw the layout of this apartment. Um, and we have a couple dreams in here where I've, I've had a lot of dreams about architecture that like suddenly is revealed in a house I'm living in or that you've never seen before. It seems to be a very common dream for you to, I always kind of revert back to, I always like 
and now if we're doing Tolkien, we could talk about C.S. Lewis uh, imagery. I always liked in his book, The Wood Between Worlds. Mm -hmm. And I often sometimes wonder if, if empty houses and houses with secret compartments are almost like sort of an, an unseen area, kind of like where we talked about drains a couple weeks ago, where it's an area you've never been to before, but it's got a lot of architecture and care to it. So it's sort of discovering something new. It's perhaps representing the unhidden that we all experience, mm -hmm. sort of the behind the scenes or sort of the, the structure of what reality is. Yeah. Interesting. Could be. And uh, you want, yes. Sorry, I was thinking about pudding. Having a brain fart. Uh, no, there was something about uh, a recurring dream that I had and it completely left, left my head. I, whatever. <laughs> okay, this one's by Vanessa. I have a recurring dream about pulling gunk out of my mouth. I just had it recently and I pulled out so much that it was the size of a human body. Wow, Maybe Vanessa. she's creating a golem. That almost feels entity like. Yeah, that really yeah. does. Or ectoplasmy. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe she's wow. getting rid of her negativity. That could be. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of, that was actually my first thought was like getting rid of negativity mm -hmm. and things weighing you down. Yeah. But the physical, the body horror of it is yeah. stunning. I am stunned. I, I, yeah. I almost want to follow up and ask how she feels about it because she didn't really say is, is it a scary yeah, situation do or do you relief? feel relieved? Yeah. yeah. Is it painful? Please tell us, Vanessa. Like, I'm curious about this dream yeah. now. Yes, My ears yes. are perked. So, uh, You want to go with Seamus? Yeah, I'll go with Seamus. So Seamus writes, I have a recurring dream where I missed one credit in high school and have to go back as an adult to qualify for my diploma. I guarantee it ties into how miserable I was in high school and how I didn't want to go back. Everyone, the dream Seamus. The time. I had to go back to high school. Yeah, my kids was dreams. I, <laughs> I, I think that's a common experience dream Is where we, the okay. fear of not being prepared yeah, the the school one. I put that there because so many people have school dreams. Yeah, and yeah. and you, yeah. I mean, I've had that dream too. I think I've had it. I'm sure I have. And I put Sarah Louise's because it also this is a bit of the tooth dream. Um, I guess I, I'll read this. Back in high school, I used to frequently have a recurring dream where my teeth fall out. It was always very vivid in terms of sound and feel. I remember I could mm. always hear the sound of my teeth hitting the floor and mm -hmm. feel the texture of my teeth in my mouth as they were falling out. Mm -hmm. The look of the teeth would change in the dream too. Sometimes they would look normal and sometimes they would look rotten. My mouth was always super full of teeth in those dreams too, for some reason. Sometimes I wonder if this is a memory of when your baby teeth came out, because I remember having vivid feelings about when your teeth come out. And I think that that's why as you're, as an adult and you know, your adult teeth aren't supposed to come out. And maybe that's why it's a fear. Yeah, maybe that's a good point. Yeah. So, I've had those dreams though, where I'm walking around with a mouth full of broken teeth and I'm just walking around spitting them out. Me too. But I I've never I... felt them the way she's describing. That's kind of. No, the ones that I've had, they come out and you can feel like where the blood was and everything. Yeah. Just a hole in your mouth. Huh. Yeah. All right. Okay. You want to read Anne's? Uh, yeah. Again? Okay. This is from Anne. I have a couple recurring dreams. One is about walking around in attics that are knee deep full of toys and I have to sort them and they keep piling up. The other, the other is more of, this is, okay. The other is more of a theme of being in buildings with dozens of weird rooms, not unlike that Kentucky Amazon house, except <laughs> with cool Gothic architecture and stained glass. Kentucky yeah. Amazon house? I don't know what that, that is. Warehouse? Thinking. Not sure what that is. I'll have to look that up too. Not mm. sure. That's I'm interesting though. That castle that's down there. There's a hotel. And do you want to read the next oh, one? No. Um, yeah, I can do minutes. Kathleen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Kathleen. Kathleen writes, I always dreamt of water. No matter what the dream was about, I was chest deep in water in school or places that weren't meant to be underwater. 
My art recently took a turn, long story, but now I paint water and I don't have those dreams anymore. That's interesting. Art is a purgative kind Mm. of thing. Yes. And this is anonymous. And a couple of people had dreams like this too. I dial my late husband's cell number over and over again. I continue to hit at least one digit wrong and the call will not go through. I've had the same dream over and over again. It's maddening. Then one day I sit and talk about it. It's my subconscious trying to connect with him, but it simply can't happen as easy as one missed number on a phone call. I've probably easily called thousands of times over and over again. Crazy how one mind, one's mind copies. I'm actually kind of afraid that one day in my dream, I will get through to him. But then what would that mean? Also, I have very poignant dreams about varied things, very heavy dreams where very important things happen. There's always a very dark figure there guiding me or just present. I wake up and think about the meaning of the dream. I think about who was the figure in the dream. I always realize it's my late husband. He just looks a little taller or a little different in each dream. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have that kind of, um, especially losing loved ones. It's, it's sort of like you want to get a hold of them, but you're prevented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody else said they had the same dream, but was like an older phone. So it's, it, or they said actually it had changed to a cell phone over the years. Oh, that's really interesting. It adapted. I mean, I mean I've had dreams about talking to relatives before um, in, in a dream and we yeah. probably don't have time yeah. to talk about. We can talk about a little bit of some of these things in a later episode too. Yeah. So we didn't get through everyone's submissions. I'm sorry, but this warrants another episode. So if you have a dream that you would like to share with us or a ghostly story of your own for a hometown haunt segment, you can email us at cincycuriosities at gmail.com. And of course, you can also uh, keep up with us on social media at sincabinetcurio on Twitter and cincycabinetofcuriosities on Instagram for all those special goodies. I'm Kat Cloco. We got Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. And thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Keep it spooky. Keep it spooky.